0: Please open your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Make that a little bigger. I think where we left off last time is uh, the dead in Christ will rise first. Does that sound about right, mm-hmm. roughly? Um, so we have descent from heaven. We, we uh, looked at Acts chapter 1 a little bit. Um, the dead in Christ will rise first. That's uh, found in, uh, or referenced in 1 Corinthians 15. I think we looked at that, if I'm not mistaken. But I'm not sure if we looked at uh, the latter verses of 1 Corinthians 15. So let's, let's look at that. 1 Corinthians 15.
1: So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? sting. O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord.
0: Thank you. So here, of course, Paul talks about uh, what happens at the resurrection, uh, when the change takes place, and uh, also what what happens just immediately preceding that. So he he references the trumpet much like Paul does in 1 Thessalonians 4. You know, at the sound of the trumpet, uh, the voice of an archangel, um, he will descend. And uh, here there's a reference to the trumpet sounding and the dead being raised imperishable. So uh, that which was raised, or that which was uh, perishable is now imperishable. In, in other words, there was death and now there's life. All right, and then also uh, there's that, that distinction between the mortal and immortality. Um, and and there is uh, something to say about that. It, it's I haven't really given this a great deal of thought, uh, but but I have noticed that there seems to be a plethora of uh, movies and books on zombies. Yeah. Does anyone notice that? Yeah. You know, and and what's interesting? I mean, you, you, there's different ways of taking this, but this idea of immortality. Um, in the sense of continuing to live on, even though it's a different state of existence, um, you know, kind of comes to play there. Um, I, I think of, uh, I don't know, the, the series The Walking Dead, which I guess is it's, it's pretty much done now, right? One more to go. One more season?
2: Yep.
0: Seriously? Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's been going on for... 11 years. <laughs> okay, so who watches it here? <laughs> But uh, it, it's really intriguing because some of these, uh, well, in fact, not not some, but but all of them, in some way, shape, or form, really are kind of, you know, wanting to talk about the apocalypse in, in some way, shape, or form, you know, like the end of the world type stuff, you know, and, and how we would live and, and the like, and and here we get a, a, a true picture, right? the the true indication of what will be, um, not in terms of zombies. Um, but notice the mortal body puts on the immortality puts on immortality in other words um, what we experience now in terms of death will not be the experience in the afterlife right upon heaven Um, and this this goes for both Christians and non Christians although it's going to be very distinct right because Christians those who have faith in Christ will be with the Lord for all eternity, but those who reject Christ, those who have not believed in Christ, um, will go to the resurrection of the dead. <clears throat> um, the, the resurrection and the judgment. We learn of that actually in uh, in John 5, and there's also another place. So I'd like you to, to go to John 5, and then uh, could someone read verses 24 to 29?
1: Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who has sent me has everlasting life and shall not come unto judgment, but has passed from death unto life. Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming, and and now is, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear him will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. And has given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of man <clears throat> do not marvel at this for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth and those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation all
0: right so yeah, the resurrection of judgment it, there, there's a slew of uh, of items here uh, you know to to discuss Notice, uh, and I think last week we talked about this also, and, and that is the the authority, the effectiveness, the the power of the word. So, the, the God created light by just simply saying, "Let there be." And this was actually several days. So, on the first day, He created light, but this was several days before even creating the sun and the moon. He said, let there be vegetation, there was vegetation, let there be animals, birds in the air, fish of the sea, and the like, and there was, let there be beasts of the earth. Um, when it came to man, of course, he formed him from the dust of the earth. He breathed into him the breath of life. That same voice, that with, with, with that same authoritative word that God spoke into being uh, the creation, uh, Jesus also spoke life into people. We talked about, for example, Lazarus, uh, uh, Jairus' daughter, uh, the widow's son of Nain, um, and here we kind of get a, a, um, an indication that uh, the voice of our Lord uh, gives life to that which was dead. Interestingly, a lot of times people will read like verse 25, where Jesus says, the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. Uh, that does have an external physical kind of sense to it, in terms of Lazarus coming from the dead, um, others that he spoke to, Kumi, for example, uh, to uh, Jairus' daughter. Uh, but also, does this have to do with uh, what, what the Bible teaches concerning uh, faith, too? Paul. Interestingly, in a couple places, namely Ephesians 2, and I think in Colossians, it speaks about those who are in their sins, those who are uh, born of the flesh, not of the spirit, are dead in their trespasses and sins, but God has raised them to life. In Romans 10, Paul says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, or the word of Christ. Which is to say, that at the hearing of the word of Christ, as we... uh, we, we again tried to um, you know make note of and emphasize on Wednesday with the workshop, it, it's God's word that gives life and raises from the dead. And Jesus himself said in John 6, of course, my words are spirit and they are life. Now that doesn't mean that everyone who hears believes, uh, but those who do um, have been raised from death to life. Those who hear and believe have been raised from Death life um, in verse 27 of John 5, he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. And then also he speaks of uh, the resurrection as well in verse 28, when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice. And this, uh, you know, verse 29 might make us a little bit uncomfortable because you might be aware that the Jehovah's Witnesses teach that once uh, one who is not destined for the kingdom, you know, one of the 144,000, uh, they have that number too. Um, and then I think they have different uh, different places of heaven or different stages, different kinds of, of heaven. But those who are not going to the eternal kingdom will just die. There's not going to be any, any judgment whatsoever. And... Um, Sometimes I, I will comment, well, that doesn't sound too bad. It, it's almost like, I mean, when you're sleeping, unless you're dreaming, you don't really know what's going on. So, I mean, just to be deceased without any any pain, any suffering, on the one hand, or any joy on the other, I mean, there's just no existence. That's called uh, annihilationism, I think. But, um... That's not what the Bible teaches. Of course, the Bible teaches that there is an eternal judgment for those who reject, who, who do not believe, and that's why uh, why the Church, from its inception, uh, has always been, how should I say, uh, determined and um, what's the word? I'm disciplined. I guess in terms of being active with mission work. Because there's only one way to heaven. And that way is through, through Jesus. Right? And and Paul speaks of this in Romans 10: how are they going to believe if they don't hear? Because faith comes by hearing, and how are they to hear unless someone is sent to speak? And and the like. And and that's, you know, we, we see that with the apostles, right? In Luke 24 and then Acts chapter one, when Jesus ascends into heaven, he says, "Wait in Jerusalem until you receive power on high." We just celebrated that, and today we celebrate the Holy Trinity—Father, Son, and Holy Spirit—and it is through the work of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit uh, that attention is given to the Son that we have eternal life in His name. You know, and it, it's uh, there's Trinity and Unity, Unity and Trinity. And the like and this is the god revealed in holy scripture who has sent his son to save us from our sin and that message continues to be proclaimed uh, throughout the world and it is through that message that people believe in jesus christ right so um, we, we read about this in the acts of the apostles in in the uh in the thessalonians or to the thessalonians of course paul is encouraging them just by way of review, in this letter he is encouraging them concerning the resurrection. He's, concerning, he's encouraging them concerning their faith in Jesus Christ. That they maintain that faith at the coming of the Lord. Now, um, let's, uh, since we're in John's Gospel, let's also look at John chapter 3. Now, we're not going to read uh, you know, a huge portion of this. Actually, um, you know, today uh, in the Gospel reading, we have the reading from John 3 as well. For Trinity Sunday, but that starts a little bit earlier than where we're uh, than where we're starting. We're starting uh, more towards, you know, halfway or just above halfway. So seventeen to twenty is what I'd like to look at first.
2: For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He who believes in Him is not condemned, but he who does not believe in him is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the holy, be- only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds
1: should be exposed. Right,
0: thank you. So, so what's the difference between those who are saved if we use that language those who are saved those who have eternal life from those who do not
1: their the deeds are exposed
0: the ones that, the, 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 their deeds are exposed okay yeah their deeds are exposed what about uh, towards the beginning of the reading
2: condemned and who's not condemned. Yeah. And you're talking about light and darkness. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so they don't mix.
0: Yeah, so who are those who are not condemned? Those who what? Believe in the word of God. Yeah, those who believe. In distinction, and contrast to those who do not. Do not, right? Um, and, and this is, you know, th- this makes, how uh, should I say, I mean, we, we can understand I think how non-christians could be uncomfortable with this right yeah. so what you're saying is if I don't believe then I'm going to help mm-hmm. and to that we say uh, yeah. we say yeah sometimes probably hesitantly right <laughs> um, but I, I know some Christians have a tough time with this too because what does this mean
2: answers um There's there's no gray area. It's either white or it's black. Yeah, yeah. And that's that that's, that that seems to become be becoming a greater challenge today, doesn't it? I don't know that it's any greater, but it is a big challenge. I think people yeah. have always tried to believe what they want to believe and make make sense of eternity, what they want it to be because they don't want to do just like Adam yeah. Eve. They didn't want to do what God told them to do. So we can rationalize it so that we can accept it and deal with it. Yeah, and,
0: and I, I think that's an important word that you used. You know, rational, rational Rationalize. Because we want it to make sense and we also want to make it in other words, consumable, believable. We but how we acceptable. define faith, right? How we yes. define faith, not how God does. Because what we believe of ourselves kind of agrees with us, doesn't it? What God says, however, can be very different from what we, both accept. You hear what you want to hear. Say again? You
2: hear what you want to hear.
0: So. Yeah, yeah. That never happens in couples, does it? Or with really couples, right? <laughs> never.
2: Well, never. you also okay. believe what you want to believe, and that's why yeah. we have all kinds of weird and stuff yeah. like when anybody dies, they become an angel. And mm-hmm. Yeah. All, because we don't want to, we don't necessarily understand. We see through the glass darkly, and we're trying to make it clear, so we put our own spin on it, right. particularly so that it'll reflect well on us. Mm-hmm. That,
0: that, that, that's a good point to make, because I, I think, you know, we, we don't, that a term that, that I'm, I've, I've heard before <coughs> is, is dissonance. In other words, you know, this we want things to kind of make sense to us in a way that we can handle it. Right. So, you know, uh, I still remember from uh, it's a wonderful life every time a bell rings, you know, now, now that's kind of, you know, that might be a little bit different, um, but it does sound good in a way. I mean, it, it, it is easier to say that, you know, like you, you've heard the phrase and I, I haven't heard this of late, but I'm sure there are those who still hold this position. And that is, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you believe. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. Which, you know, then I would want to ask, okay, so what do you mean by sincere? You know, and, and kind of go a little bit further. Um, one of one of the questions that I, I uh, you know, want to ask in terms of, you know, the rationalization upon what are they basing that on? You know, so like, um, you know, when, when someone says, for example, you know, someone who has died, I, I know my loved one is looking down on me and they're they're caring for me or I know that they're with me um, I want to ask what is the and and it depends on the time frame too and who's saying it when they're saying it Uh, you don't want to put alcohol on an open sore now maybe if it's to clean it that's one thing but you want to be kind of careful with this right but if someone's kind of rationalizing this where are they getting that information from what is it based on
2: nothing.
0: <laughs> well, it, I, I would say, I mean, on, on the one hand, yeah, it might seem like it's based on nothing. Well, you're talking
2: about Lazarus or looking down from heaven or whatever, yeah. but that's still, yeah.
0: uh,
2: that that is true, but that they're taking care of you. No, they don't take care of you, so that's not any different than asking Mary to take care of you. Yeah. You're, you're basing your your faith on the wrong thing. Right.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, it's either, I mean, either the word or I'm just going to generalize this and say something else. That something else uh, could be, for example, tradition, right? It could be tradition. It could be something called reason. It could be emotionalism. you kind of emotion. Like, I feel that this is right. Have you ever heard that before? I feel that this is right. Um, even if the word says something completely different, by the word I mean God's word, the Bible, and these are not equal. And yet we find uh, quite a few people, uh, and sometimes Christians will do this too. Um, if you, if if I said this here before, uh, stop me, uh, and I may have I, I can't recall, uh, but. Uh, What's your name? Uh, it'll come. <laughs> I, I know the example, um, but uh, no, the the example. Don't uh, you? Uh, uh, does that ever happen to you? you no. know. I know. I've heard that before. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's, it's going to come. Amy Grant, that's what it was. Did I mention, or did I did we talk about Amy Grant at all? Yeah. Okay. okay. So I won't say that. But uh, but it, it's really interesting because that situation and others, uh, God will say something very clearly. And in that case, do not commit adultery. And she divorced her husband because she felt led by God to divorce her husband and to marry another. Right so you know was she going by the word or was she going by something else and that something else might be easier but it's not necessarily correct <laughs> and, uh, I, heard,
2: I heard something yesterday that i never heard before but it was that uh presence of a dragonfly means someone from heaven is visiting. and okay. i've never heard
1: that one before
0: it's, it's, is
2: that something around here <laughs> It's Cody and Jamie. Are, are there yeah.
0: dragonflies around here? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. You go to the... Oh, with, okay. With the rain, right? Without the rain, maybe not? Well, they're
2: over by the
1: lakes and, yeah. lakes and rivers and
0: stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's another word that comes to mind, too. Mythology. Legend. Um, fairy tales. And the like. Again, I don't know what that's based on. Well, I, I mean, in terms of dragonflies, uh, I, I don't know, I'm just kind okay, of... Yeah, I never heard of that one. Um, yeah, also, so, uh, right. folklore. Yeah. Okay. I was watching a program the other day, and, you know, the, it's on the, the Paranormal Channel, you know, and it was about the uh, the Mothman, I think in, oh, is that Ohio or Virginia? I, I can't remember. But anyway, you know, Bigfoot, you know, these other things too, you know, uh, are they real or not, you know, uh, you know one can only uh, guesstimate, but, but there's a lot of folklore out there too, and, and actually you might be surprised to know, or, or not, that during the Reformation there was a lot of myth going on, you know, as well, well. so uh, I think, I think even around here I've seen gnomes, not not moving gnomes but you know the little statues
1: Yeah.
0: you know um, they're cute what's that they're cute yeah that's about you it may, you may have seen the animated
1: series you know the cute yeah.
0: Yeah. but uh, you know some of these things i mean they're they're based on mythology they're based on uh kind of uh, folklore you know things that are true but uh but ways of or attempts, maybe I'll say that, attempts at explain what is unknowable. And that's why, you know, it's really interesting when it comes to uh, the, the study of, of the Bible, you know, there is that claim that some people have that, you know, the Bible is all myths, or mostly myths. It's folklore, it's legend, it's not true. It's not based on scientific fact and history and the like. And, of course, archaeologically, you can... Disagree with that just on archaeology For example, uh, you know some have said well, you know that person we, we haven't found any any evidence to suggest that what pilot Existed or or you know something like that um, And just a few years later, of course there was an archaeological find with the name Pontius Pilate on there And so or with Pilate on there and you, you find you, you find these various things now they don't uh, they, they don't that the text actually is true but what they do demonstrate is that there was uh, history behind and they support the biblical account uh, so a- again you know it you know we're, we're talking about end-of-life kind of views, and yes we, we do seek to rationalize and and actually uh, and another common one too and sometimes I, I think ELCA and, and various other theologically liberal church bodies hold this position, almost saying, you know, everyone's going to heaven anyway. And I think Catholics, Roman Catholics, somewhat believe this too, if they don't know. So in other words, uh, they have there, there's a phrase called anonymous Christian, and this is in their catechism. Anonymous Christian is one who believes in God. Um, and would believe in Christ if they knew of him, but they don't. So they're basically saved by doing good and so on and so forth. And Jews and Muslims would be counted in this category too. If you push it to the limit, that basically says, well, they don't really need to know about Jesus. But once you tell them and they reject, then, then they're condemned. It's not to tell them What's that? i said it's
1: best not to tell them if that were
0: true yeah if, if that were true okay. you know so and, and you you could you could think of this in a logical progression i mean if it if it, if it makes sense if, if they're saved if i don't tell them but if i tell them they're not saved then why tell them yeah. and of course then you know if, if if we would add this to our political sphere right now uh what does Christianity is, is very distinctive in its beliefs. It's very different from uh, something called Brahmanism, or is Brahmanism? Uh, let's see, there, there, there are a slew of others that basically would, would say, you know, you could believe whatever you want. And not only that, but even if you have a the basis of a belief and make it what you want it to be, that's okay too. You know, kind of an eclecticism, you know, you, you bring in all this other stuff, all these other teachings, which really is, is, is what uh, the phrase, I, I'm spiritual but not religious, really does. Well, I don't like that, I don't like that. I, I, okay, I like this, it agrees with me, this agrees with me, this allows me to do what I want kind of thing. And again, it, it comes to the rationalization. You know, what is acceptable to me? Why is it acceptable to me? And this is where we we find a great chasm then between what God actually says and what the world says and individual people left to themselves say. I'm thinking of the judges right now. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. I want to tweak that just a little bit. Everyone believes what they want to believe. And this is the distinction because Christianity says that's not how it works. You can do that but just like Israel, just like Judah, just like the, the, uh, you know, the, the, the Gentile nations in, uh, in the Old Testament, as well as Judaism, as well as the Jews in the New Testament. you Remember what happened in 70 AD? The temple was destroyed. Jerusalem was destroyed uh, because they rebelled against Roman uh, rule and, and the like. But Jesus foretold this. He said, no stone will be left one on the other and the like, because they rejected Christ's visitation. And, and the, the, the gospel is not something that we can naturally get onto. I mean, someone might be able to understand it intellectually, but uh, believing it, it is not something that, that sinful man by himself can do. And this we believe teaching confess, that it is God who gives the faith to believe, not man. Man by himself is going to look at the experience. He's going to look at, you know, kind of base things on emotion, and we know how that goes, uh, you know, today. We, we see that all around us. Um, ideology is another facet to this. Um, and before I... I, I, I leave the discussion here with reference to uh, politically. I, I think um, we're, hopefully we're, as a church body, as a congregation, um, as Christians we recognize that, that, that much, if not most, or, or all of what's going on in, in our nation today, kind of contrary to reason, contrary to logic and the like, is really anti-Christian. You know, so you think of this big push, for example, concerning transgenderism and and self-identity. I I was looking on my LinkedIn, Um, LinkedIn uh, um, account, and now it has a place for pronouns. So uh, I I might take it off, but but uh, kind of kind of you know, um, you know, on a whim. For personal pronouns, I put baptized and Christian. I don't know if that's possible. I was able to type it in fine. It, it had the, the he, she, it, they. But it also had custom. Um, so I I put, uh, I, I think I wanted to put saved by grace, but it, there, there, the line it, it didn't have enough space for it. But baptized and Christian, um, that, that's... Christians are identified by what God has done, not by what they do. Um, also, not by their belief, but you know, their, uh, but by Christ. Yeah. What
1: were you printing that into? Is it a quest that you're that you're taking, or a class? No, 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 or? no. Um, linked,
0: yeah. Linked, LinkedIn is is kind of a platform for you know, help me out businesses, I guess. You know,
1: messaging. professionals.
0: Yeah. yeah professional it, it's kind of like um, it's it, it seems to be becoming quite a bit like Facebook yeah it's, it's a right. professional networking it's site it's yeah uh, but LinkedIn yeah, and uh, you know so 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 there you can put your your qualifications for this and that your experience resume
2: building
0: yeah yeah, yeah. so it, it's it's also a platform for you know um, I guess job seekers I'm not looking for a job by the way it's um, I, I yeah.
2: Like, but, uh, you know,
0: I, I created the account like years ago, I, I check it every every so often, um, and I was reminded, yeah, that, uh, I, I don't know, it'll kind of remind you about anniversaries, you know, for work and, and yeah. stuff like that, and then you might get these emails, and I, you know, oh, this person congratulates you on, you know, this and that and the other thing, or birthdays, you know. Um, but yeah, the, the personal pronoun thing, that kind of, I mean, I I wasn't surprised, but I thought, okay, well, maybe we could use this as an opportunity, um, because we, you know, Christians find their, their identity, again, not in their works, but in Christ, in the Lord. Paul says in Romans 14, if we live, we live to the Lord, if we die, we die to the Lord, whether we live or die, we are the Lord. If we find our, our identity in what we do, or in how we live, uh, then we're, that that kind of demonstrates where our confidence is in a big way. And if our confidence isn't ourselves, we're of course we're not always going to we're going to fail. But in Christ, uh, we we stand forgiven, pure and holy. And and this is contrary, of course, you know to to uh, human nature. And human nature is kind of based on these things. Universalism basically says, you know, everyone's going to the same place anyway. So, I mean, what's and and if if you if, if one goes by this route, universalism, then then really, what is the purpose of evangelism? What is the purpose of the gospel? And yet, Jesus gave to his. Disciples, then apostles, and to his church to proclaim Christ, uh, that others hear and believe, and be saved. and And this is this is the uh, this is the rub, because the Bible teaches there's only one way to heaven. I mean, this is nothing new to us. There's only one way to heaven. Jesus himself said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." And then a little bit later in John 14, Philip asked the question, "Show us the Father." Do you remember what Jesus said to him?
2: You seen me, you see.
0: Yeah. And uh, you know John, in his letters, writes very specifically, and we've been hearing some of these in the sermons these past couple weeks. He says very specifically, if you have the Son, you also have the Father. If you have the Father, you have the Son well, what about this thing called the Trinity? Do you also have the Holy Spirit if you have the Son and the Father? And the answer is yes. If you deny the one, you end up denying the others, too. You know, and, and not not maybe not surprisingly, in the early church, uh, the early heresies really had to do with who Christ was, and then the Father, and then the Son, or then the Spirit, I should say. Um, you know, and... Uh, and, and today, we, we, we have the, uh, the opportunity to, uh, to confess the Athanasian Creed, the longest of the creeds, which generally, in in, many, in most congregations, I think, in our Synod, um, is confessed once a year. But it is, it is the most explicit with reference to the Persons of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But uh, but but this we believe, teaching and confess, and and we do so with, with other Christians, who also believe, teaching and confess, uh, the Holy Trinity. Uh, but of course, there are those who who reject it too. We we do have uh, we we might become a little bit uncomfortable in some sections. You've probably heard of these before. We've probably talked about it before in some way, shape, or form. But there's. Uh, uh, there's the reference to the word Catholic, you know, he who does not hold this Catholic faith. That's not meant in the way of Roman Catholic. It's meant in the way of universal. All right, so um, that's one thing. And then there's also another place in there that says those who have done good to eternal life and those who have done evil, you know, uh, you know will go to the judgment. And that might make us a little uncomfortable too, but I know of at least two places. In Romans, there's one place, and then Jesus himself speaks of that, those who have done good. And I I think in in John 5, we kind of get a glimpse of that where we just read, Um, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, in verse 29 of John 5, Jesus says, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, those who have done evil... To the resurrection of judgment and and the words in the athanasian creed are fairly identical very fairly similar to that but we have to understand that what does it mean to be good what does it mean to do good one can only do good if they are first good so jesus says in matthew 7 for example a bad tree cannot bear good fruit and a good tree cannot bear bad fruit If you want the fruit good, first make the tree good. And the Christian is good by virtue of Christ's goodness, and therefore they do good. Does that mean they're perfect? Uh, Not in terms of what they do. Before God, yes. But not before others. Uh, They stand forgiven. However, on the other hand, those who have done evil, really it has to do with unbelief. Because those who are good in God's sight have faith in Christ. And then they're, you know, you've heard this big word called justification before. I'm sure as Lutherans, right? We we hear that probably quite often. But we are justified by God through faith in Christ Jesus. Having faith in Christ, God sees us and declares us just before Him that is holy and good before we've done anything. Um, However, on the other hand, those who... Uh, do evil are those who have not faith in Christ. They do not have Christ's robe of righteousness covering them of their sins. All right. So there's that distinction there. I wanted to, um, if we're still in, we're still in John. Let's look at uh, the end of John chapter three. So we read a few verses uh, uh, in John already, verses 70 to 20. And these are the words of Jesus, but now we come to the words of uh, John the Baptist. Um, Could someone read verse 36, please?
2: He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him.
0: Yeah. So if if you want to hold on to your sin, (coughs) basically then you receive... God's wrath, but if Christ is taking your sin, which He has, then you do not fall under judgment, uh, but have the hope of eternal life. And and notice too that John the Baptist is saying this, you know, kind of in the context of, um, you know, some some coming to him and, and saying, you know, uh, Jesus is baptizing more people than you are. And then John gives this kind of uh, parenthetical commentary. But it wasn't Jesus baptizing. It was his disciple baptizing. And this is where John says, he must increase and I must decrease. And that's exactly what's going on. And, and we get these beautiful words from John uh, about, about believing in the Son, believing in Jesus Christ, and having eternal life. And, and this seems to be a, a, a major theme throughout John's Gospel. I mean, Jesus says, you know, he who believes in me will live forever. Right? John 11 might come to mind. It's heard on uh, on any number of uh, uh, at any number of funerals, uh, where Jesus says, "I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even though he die, yet shall he live." Again, you might be thinking of 1 Corinthians 15, right? Even though he died, the, the perishable, um, yet shall he live. Puts uh, on the imperishable all right one other uh, one other section underneath uh un- underneath this and that is acts chapter 24. so acts comes immediately after john's gospel of course also if i'm not mistaken one of the uh one of the writings uh the gospels can be included here too perhaps but uh we might generally think of acts as a kind of a historical book because we have that that uh, you know we have the timeline and we have we we have what happens after jesus ascends into heaven going on so acts chapter 24 uh, verse 15 having a hope in god which these men themselves accept that there will be a resurrection of both the just and the unjust. All right, yeah, so, um, and we might recall here, too, that uh, on one occasion, and I'm not sure if it's here <laughs> that we see this, but on, on one occasion, Paul is on trial, and he notices that there's this uh, group of Pharisees on the one hand and, and a group of Pharisees, Sadducees on the other. And one, one interesting insight to know is that Pharisees believe in the resurrection and angels, Sadducees don't. So, so Paul, recognizing the contrast here between the people, um, interestingly says, uh, for the hope of the resurrection of the dead, I am on trial right now. And the Pharisees then who believe in the resurrection you know, start arguing with the Sadducees who don't believe in the resurrection. And uh, you know, so so the attention gets drawn away, I think, from Paul, you know, to the resurrection, which is really kind of the the, the emphasis. So if you recall, uh, on another occasion, this wasn't Paul, but this was Peter and John, earlier in the book of the Acts of the Apostles, where they're coming to the temple at the time of prayer, and here is this man laying from birth. And Peter see Peter and John see that this man has faith to be well, and he's expecting alms, he's expecting money, help from them. And, and Peter says, "You know, silver and gold we do not have, but what we do have, we give to you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, take up your bed and walk." And he did. And and that that gave then opportunity for Peter and John to give testimony before the religious authorities, before the council. And, and, and they said, you know, if, if it's a question of how this man is walking, we declare to you that it was, you know, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, that this man is standing before you all. And well. So again, you know, here in, uh, uh, in Acts 24, we, we kind of see, again, a similarity to what Jesus was saying concerning the resurrection of, the resurrection unto life resurrection and the death and judgment. Right? The resurrection of both the just and the unjust. Okay, so this is the teaching of, of Holy Scripture. Alright, now um, for the time remaining, we're gonna go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Finally, right? Finally we were moving back there. <clears throat> and then I want to I want to spend time looking at 17 and 18 uh, in the time remaining Uh, Could someone read verses 17 and 18, please? That's chapter 4. And we who
1: are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words.
0: All right. This uh, verse 17 really is, I would say that the... the the central location uh, of where many people get this idea of rapture. You might ask, okay, where where is that, Pastor? Um, That that word caught up together with them. It doesn't sound too rapturous. But um, if you look on your handout, which you may have in front of you somewhere, um, I think it it would be slide 32 or... uh, that would be on the left underneath this slide, or page 2 at the lower right hand corner. Uh, verse 17, um, this is really kind of interesting because we have uh, the, the Greek word is from the, the, the word harpazo, which means uh, steal or carry off, drag away, uh, take or snatch. So I'm kind of. All right, there we go. So um, you, you see that here. And there's a couple other places a number of other places where this uh, this word verbazzo is used um, but where the word rapture actually comes from is from the latin and you see that uh rapio rapio uh, latin it means to seize or snatch and that's kind of where this idea of rapture came from depending what translation you use if you have a translation that's dependent or uh, that translates from the Latin, then you'll find the word rapture very likely there. And so someone might say, "Look, the rapture is right here." Uh, and then if you're thinking about it, you could say, "Well, yeah, that's from the Latin, not from the Greek." Um, but the idea is here, you know, that those who are alive who are left will be caught up together, and in other words, they'll be they'll be kind of taken. Uh, with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So I mean, this is talking about the event of uh, of Christ's return, you know, and the components of that. All right. Um, but in uh, in 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 Christendom today, when you talk about end times type stuff, there's going to be quite a bit of variance. There's quite a bit of variance between Lutherans, for example, and evangelicals based on, or one of the huge differences would be the end times and how it's understood. So, uh, you've probably heard of the number 144,000 before. Um, That's not necessarily, uh, I mean, it is a biblical number because it's actually used at least twice in, uh, in Romans, I think it's Romans, or not Romans, Revelation. Uh, at least Revelation 7, I'm thinking Revelation 9, Revelation 14, that would be three if it's there, um, in all three. But I know it shows up at least twice. Uh, The Jehovah's Witnesses use the number, I I think Baptists do too, don't they? Or some groups of Baptists use 144,000, you know, the elect, you know, kind of thing. Um, But uh, but we also have to look at context because what some will say with 144,000 is that uh, only those will get to the highest heaven, kind of thing. If that's the case, then what about if what, what happens if you're not part of the 144,000? That would be one question. Another question is, how do you know? How do you know? Because it's only in those places in Revelation where the 144,000 is noted. Yeah.
1: You realize that when we get to heaven, all this isn't going to matter. We've, we've had the, the basics, and when we get to heaven, then it'll be the actual test. I don't think it's a test by that time. If we make it to, to heaven then. Then it's just all going to work out. So, oh, it's going to be hindsight by that time. Yeah. Now we're just in the foresight
0: area, and we don't know. So. Well, there are many things that we don't know.
1: Lots
0: and lots. For sure, you know, and and you know, we, we we do say too that someone could someone could you know believe wrongly about certain things, but by God's mercy alone, have. The hope of eternity, right? So, I mean, it's not that we know everything because we don't, but what we do recognize is what God says in His Word that's what we are to believe. And so, for example, if someone says the 144,000, that's a specific number, and only those are going to be in heaven. For example, in in Revelation 7, I think it is, you know, there, there's the number of 144,000 that are given, but immediately following that section it says and i looked and i saw um, many tribes and nations and peoples that couldn't be numbered all right so if you go by the one how do you explain the other you know and you cannot say from that specific text one is talking about the higher heaven and one is talking about the lower heaven you know um yeah, and, and certainly I, I think it is fair to say on on, on any number of items in the, in the Bible we kinda you know raise our hand and say, I don't know.
1: We just gotta know that Jesus is the Christ and believe in him and trust in yeah. God's grace that that we'll get to mm-hmm. there. Yeah. <coughs> because hope is kinda like not knowing it all too sometimes. You hope that we have the assurance that Christ died. Right and was resurrected for us.
0: Yeah, for for sure. And that hope has a basis. Would you agree? Hope has a basis. Yes. Yeah, there is, you know, so so when Scripture speaks about hope, it's not talking about, oh, you know, like we, we say, I hope things work out well. We say that a lot. Right. Which, you know, when we're using that word hope, Possibly in a different way, you know. In, in other words, you know, we hope. Like, like uh, I, I was hoping that our car would get started. It hasn't started yet, <laughs> um, so there's uncertainty with that, you know. Okay, it could, it might not. And I, I you know, um, I, I, I said to, to Enosh yesterday, you know, I would be, I would have been surprised if it did start. I would have been thankfully surprised, I, and I was hoping, but it was, it was an uncertain hope. But the hope that we have in Christ, the hope of eternal life, this has a basis, it is certain. It's, it's not like, well, gosh, I, I hope this works out. Or, you know, it, it, it's, uh, you know, for example, when we pray as well, I mean, prayer has a basis too. It's founded on the promises of God. So we don't pray in the sense, I hope God hears my prayer. No, we have sure confidence that he does. Not only has he commanded us to pray, but he has also promised to hear our prayer. And, and Jesus promises, of course, whoever you know, whatever you pray to the Father through me, he hears you. So we have that confidence. We have that hope. So hope and confidence are kind of synonyms. Very different from, from hope that has, has no basis in a promise. You know, we, we go to the doctor, for example, and well, we hope it's this, or we hope it's not that. You know, there's uncertainty. I mean, and, and you know, so, so we talk about that, that hope, but we, we are sure um, and confident of God's grace and mercy, even if we receive the news that we don't want to. You know, so there's a a huge difference. And of course, you know, that basis is what God reveals in His Word, what God makes (laughs) known. All right? Um, Lastly, to to finish up this chapter then, notice how how Paul says in verse 18, encourage one another with these words. You know, so there is going to be a resurrection, you know, kind of in review. Um, Paul is saying to uh, the Christians there in, in Thessalonica, there is going to be a resurrection. Those who have died having faith in Christ, they will rise first, and then we who are alive uh, upon Christ's return uh, will follow them. You know, in, in other words, uh, those who are dead will rise from the dead, but we who are living will not rise from the dead because we are already still alive. Does that make sense? And, you know, with with, uh, with Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, then we had that, uh, that order that, those, you know, and Christ the fruits, and then those who have died uh, in him uh, will be raised unto life. So um, next time uh, we'll, uh, we'll begin looking at 1 Thessalonians 5 and the day of the Lord. All right, let us pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for making the way through death a path of hope and joy due to your resurrection, created in our hearts the joy and hope of your victory over death, giving us confidence of our victory over death through your Son, Jesus Christ, who himself reigns victorious and sits on the throne for all eternity. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.